0: a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on Leading & Learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading & Learning. This is episode number 219, Leadership Lessons from the Gospel of Luke, Part 2. So if you've been with me the last... Several, several episodes, you know we spent some time in Matthew, we've spent some time in Mark, and now we're in Luke, looking at leadership in the life of Jesus, listening and seeing some of the things that Jesus said about leadership, and also looking at what the the gospel writers themselves thought was important about leadership. We know that each gospel writer was writing to a specific group of Christians, and so each one emphasized some different things. So, that's what we're going to be exploring. We were in Luke last week. We'll be looking at some more great insights this week. But before we do that, I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Peter and Paul in Acts. Now, the Acts of the Apostles is a very exciting book. And as you heard last week, it was also written by Luke. In the early days of the church, it was one volume, Luke, Acts, and it traveled around together from church to church. And so, um, very, very similar in their in their approach and in the way they're written. So if you if you look at Peter and Paul and Acts, what you see is a is a study that I provide of those two great apostles and how they took the gospel throughout the Roman Empire. But we also, because the, the two books are so closely connected, Luke and Acts, We also provide a really interesting uh, introduction, some great background material on the Gospel of Luke as well. So make sure you check out Peter and Paul and Acts. It will be a great addition to your bookshelf. Well, okay, we're back. Now we're going to dive in and look at some leadership lessons from the Gospel of Luke. First of all, number one. Jesus empowered his followers and gave them responsibility. Chapter 9, listen to what it says. One day Jesus called together his 12 disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out demons and to heal all diseases. Then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Chapter 10. The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. And these were his instructions to them. And he actually gives a whole chapter of instructions. So what's going on here? We know about the 12 disciples, also called the Apostles. But many of us don't even know that there were other disciples besides them. In reality, there was a large group of people who hung around Jesus all the time. And, um, you know, he pulled from that other group 72 and sent them out on a ministry trip as well. So he sent the 12 out and he sent the 72 out. The 12 were the inner circle. The others were, were a much larger group of disciples. But still, he entrusted 72 of them with his, uh, his message and sent them out. So what's what's going on? Jesus empowered his followers and gave them responsibility. This is something that every leader must do. I've worked for leaders. You've worked for leaders who hated to give authority away. They hated to give responsibility away. And this is so detrimental because we'll never develop other leaders until we start to give away responsibility, until we start to give away authority. I have to give away authority for someone to grow. And so what this often looks like is we'll give somebody a title and we expect, we'll even give them a promotion, give them a title and expect that they know how to do the job. But if they haven't been given authority before that, if they haven't been given additional responsibility before that, they're not going to be prepared to do the job. And so as leaders, we constantly need to be giving away authority and giving away responsibility. For people that we see leadership potential in, we need to be giving them authority more responsibility. We need to be giving them more authority. We need to be giving them, and not just menial tasks, we need to be giving them meaty projects that they can work on. Not setting them up to fail, but things that they can grow in. Um, things that their their confidence can get built up in. Um, things that they can develop their own leadership skills in. So give them things that they can work on and develop their skills because then when the title comes, they'll be equipped to do the job. And this is especially true in in, in volunteer environments. You know, we think in the church that if I just give somebody a title, you know, that's okay because I'm not paying them. I give them a title and make them feel good. But really, we're kind of setting people up for failure. We're much better off giving them authority and responsibility and seeing how they perform. Because if I give you a title and you turn out not to be up to the job, you turn out not to have the, the the competencies that I need and you're not willing to learn, well, now you've got a title and I've got to take it from you. How awkward is that? So it's much easier to, to to give responsibility, to give authority and to see how people did. And that's what Jesus did. He entrusted them and and saw these people develop. I mean, the 12 were the ones that took the message of, go- of the gospel all over the world, literally all over the world. And they could only do this because Jesus had not only um trained and equipped them, but he had given them authority he had given them responsibility and he had set them up for success instead of failure. So Jesus empowered his followers, gave them responsibility. number two, Jesus and the, and, and this sounds you know almost obvious but but hear me out, Jesus always wanted to do the right thing even if it meant he would get criticized. One example is from chapter 19. It's the story of Zacchaeus. Jesus goes into a town, and he meets the chief tax collector of the town. And it's the funny story where Zacchaeus was a, a wee little man, a short man, and he climbed up in a tree and uh, so he could see Jesus. And Jesus stopped under the tree, called him by name, and says, Hey, I want to have lunch with you today. And they went into Zacchaeus' house and had a conversation. Well, the crowd grumbled because Jesus was the guest of a notorious sinner. Now, of course, the outcome of that story was Zacchaeus was converted. He said, I'll give away, after his conversation with Jesus, he said, look, I'm going to give away half my wealth. I'm going to refund anyone I've defrauded. And Jesus said, salvation has come to this house today. And, you know, because Jesus was willing to to go and be with this man, it brought criticism. Another place where this happened, you know, we talked last week about Jesus, or a couple of weeks ago, about Jesus uh, picking his disciples, and one of them was Matthew, the tax collector. And when he picked Matthew, the tax collector, he immediately, the tax collector, Matthew, the new disciple, the new follower of Jesus, said, let me throw a reception at my house for you and all your followers, Jesus. And of course, he invited his own friends who were other disciples, tax collectors and sinners and some other notorious people. And the religious leaders saw Jesus sitting in the middle of this party, probably laughing and having a good time, telling, um, probably telling stories, listening to people, getting to know them, um, answering their questions. But he was in the middle of this group of people that these religious leaders would never be caught with. And they asked his disciples, they said, why does your teacher hang out with such scum? One translation says. And Jesus answered for them. He said, I didn't come. He said, it's not that the, 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 the healthy people who need a doctor. It's the sick people. He said, I didn't come to call people who think they're righteous. I came to call those who know they are sinners. So what's the point here? Jesus was willing to accept criticism for doing the right thing. And you know, as leaders, and really all of us, nobody wants to be criticized. But as a leader, there will be times when you have to make that decision, am I going to do the right thing and accept the criticism, or am I going to do the wrong thing? And sometimes this just even means accepting the blame. Uh, I was talking to a young leader recently, a young leader recently, and he was talking about at his job. He's a a mid-level manager in a large corporation. And he said, um, I said how was your week and he said, well, you know, it was kind of bad. I made a mistake and and uh, he said, you know, I got called in and I and you know, they were expecting me to deny it or defend myself and he said, yeah, you're right. I did. I'm sorry. And it kind of diffused the whole thing and and you know, that was kind of the end of it. They're like, "Oh, oh well, okay. Well, let's not do that again." And and that was the end of it. But, you know, isn't that interesting that he was willing to take the Responsibility for himself and move on, but Jesus showed us the importance of being able to um, live knowing that you're going to be criticized. I had a a a police chief that I worked for one time who was told by the politicians who ran the uh, the county that he needed to fire um, two or three people for a particular incident, and he the chief had already investigated it and determined that it wasn't worth firing over, and. He said, well, I'm not going to do that. I've already dealt with it. They've been disciplined, but I'm not firing them. And the the county commission fired him. And he said, well, okay, if that's what you want to do, I'm still not going to do it. And, you know, I thought that was interesting that he was willing to fall on his sword to do what he thought was right. That just spoke volumes to everybody. And we hated to see him go. But Jesus was willing to be criticized for doing the right thing. And so for us, we have to be willing to, to do the right thing, even if sometimes it brings criticism along with it. And then one last thing, one last thing. Jesus sees things. Jesus saw things that other people did not. Listen to this. This is a small story, um, but it's so full of, of, of insight about Jesus. When Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, the poor widow has given more than all the rest of them. They've given a tiny part of their surplus, but this poor widow has given everything she has to live on. Now this would have been a a shocking statement to his disciples because they, like everybody else, were, were enthralled with the rich people who were dropping in huge sums of money into the offering for the temple. But this poor woman, she waited until everybody had kind of finished, and then when nobody was looking, at least she thought nobody was looking, she slipped over and dropped in her two coins. And Jesus noticed it. And and one of the things as leaders we have to ask ourselves, am I noticing things? Jesus picked up on this. Nobody else did. Are you picking up on what's going on with your people? Is there somebody going through a crisis that you don't even know about? Um, is there somebody who's maybe doing a really good job putting in extra time and effort, but you haven't noticed it? Um, as a leader, we should be that person in the office, in the company, in the church who sees what other people don't. Um, we need to be more observant. We not only just need to see things We need to really see things. And you see this, this is just one example, but you see this over and over again with Jesus. He saw things that his disciples missed. He saw things that others missed. And as leaders, we should be those people, when we talk about vision, we think of vision down the road. And that's true, but we should also be those people who see things that others don't right now. Um, we should have that perception. We should be able to uh, pick up on things. And this involves, this This takes some work. This is, this is not something that comes overnight. But as a leader, if you're going to be effective, you've got to have greater vision. You've got to have greater eyesight. You've got to be able to see what's going on around you and be able to process it and understand it at a level that other people cannot. And I'll tell you, one of the ways that, that, that we look at it for other leaders is when I see somebody else who thinks this way, when I've got somebody on my team who may not even be in a leadership role, but I see them picking up on things, I see them perceiving things that the rest of the team is not, I start watching this person closely because they've got a leadership gift going on in their life. And so look for things. Watch your people. Watch the expressions on their faces. Listen to the things they say. Let's pick up things because, as a leader, um, people aren't always going to tell you things. And so we need to be perceptive and we need to see things that others do not. Well, friends, I'm going to wrap it up here. I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com. Leave me a question or comment in the comment section for today's post. While you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter so we can stay in touch. And uh, if you would, if you enjoy this, pass this on. Let, let, let a friend know about the podcast, because if you enjoy it, maybe they will too. Well, thanks for being with me, and until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to continue developing leadership.